Welcome to the Friday Night Ohio podcast, powered by Sarda. I'm Cliff Hickman of the Canton Repository, along with Joe Scalzo, the rep. And today we're previewing Friday night in week five. That's right, Joe. We've reached the halfway point of the season. Yeah, and it, it's where the season starts to get really interesting for some teams and not quite as interesting for some other teams. So this is kind of a, uh, a good measuring stick, I think, for a lot of teams. Like, if you're going to make a move, this is where you got to make it. You know, a loss here, if you're like 2-2, two and two, could kind of set you back a little bit. So yeah, There's a lot of interesting matchups in the Federal League this week, uh, starting where you're going to be at, Jackson and Lake. Yeah, Jackson is on a six-game winning streak against the Blue Streaks. That's the longest uh, winning streak of any team against Lake right now and and uh you know they're coming off a couple huge wins one against Borman and then they came in and and uh you know kind of handled Perry pretty well so um you know I think at the beginning of the year we kind of considered McKinley and Hoover to be that that preseason favorites and I think Jackson is firmly in the mix there Absolutely. And any update on the uh, Lake running back, Joe, from last week? Yeah, I think they expect him to play. Um, you know, he's kind of been dealing with the bad shoulder all year. And if anybody caught on social media that, that huge run he had, that 57-yard touchdown, Drayden Owens, um, he, he kind of injured it again on that one. I think if you know if it had been like the third round of the playoffs, he, he probably would have just taken some Advil and went back in there. But um, they got a couple backs behind him, Vince Garrow, uh he, or Vinnie Gary, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, came in and played great in the fourth quarter, Sean Michael James. So they didn't really need him in the in the fourth quarter, but I would expect him to play. And, uh, you know, Lake off to a 4-0 start for the first time in a couple years. And I, I looked it up. They haven't been 5-0, and as far as I can tell, since 1998. Uh, so as good as they've been through the years, um, they typically – aren't a 10-0 team in the regular season they usually you know lose a game or two so this is uh this is a big one they could they could uh do something that hasn't been done in lake for a long time that's a surprising stat because of all the great teams lake has had over the years that one kind of surprises me and you mentioned being able to see that touchdown run which we have up on our website and our twitter somewhere and i think every i think people were coming out of the stands to take shots at him it looked like there were so many bodies yeah it was incredible it was funny i i talked to dan to george this week and he's like it was a great run and i'm tired of watching it already so i think uh he wants to make sure everybody's focused on jackson and not what they did against lewisville well that's one of them because I could watch that thing on a loop and probably never get tired of it. It was just one of the best things ever. Uh, moving on, Perry at Louisville. Louisville continuing its tour. The Federal League, Joe, tough one against Lake last week. The Panthers probably going to be pretty motivated as well. You mentioned the loss to Jackson. This should be interesting. Yeah, and, and um, you know, Louisville's 2-2, two and two, but you look and they could easily be 4-0. and oh. Um, you know, a couple of turnovers last week against Lake that were they were crucial. I guess you could probably say they could be zero four as well if you wanted to be. I mean, they've all four games have been terrific, and and uh, you know, so that's a really good team. And Perry, obviously, you know, they're three and one, but Keith Wakefield has not liked how they've played all year. Um, you know, they they beat they beat Louisville last year. A lot of similar faces, and I think what they did was just Perry football. They they controlled time of possession. They kept the ball out of Louisville's hands, um, and that's what they're going to have to do again because if they can't put together some long drives um you know Louisville's really diverse they're probably you know the best offenses that, that Perry's seen this year probably not the best overall team that's that Jackson I would think but uh, offensively I think they're the best they've played so um and, and it's a big big game for Louisville just because you know um they're, they're probably going to lose to Maslin you know in week I think it's like eight or so and 
And so you probably need to get this one because a couple of those games that they play later on maybe don't give them a lot of points. So um, playoff-wise, you know, I think there should be a playoff team based on their ability and talent, but um, sometimes that schedule bites you in the butt. And, and so it's a big game for them, and I think big game for Perry too just because, um, you know, if they go to, to three and two again, you know, that's a tough region to get through. So crucial game, I think, for both teams. I think you brought up a great point. I think there should be some way of rewarding teams to play those type of schedules with some kind of points for challenging themselves. Yeah, and you know we you know we complain about teams that don't do that. And I think we've complained about you know New Philly and, and Dover in particular. I mean, they're, you know they're working with the system. But yeah, in like, place. If you change is, the system, then maybe you giving them to give people an incentive to do something yeah, different. That's economics one hundred and one. People respond to incentives, and and right now the system does not give you a reward for playing those tough teams and and um so you know everybody thought expanding the playoffs to eight would change that but in turn you know actually it made it so that like teams maybe were able to avoid those really challenging you know opponents and and uh you know they didn't get punished for it although they do certainly get punished in the first or second round of the playoffs when they're not ready but oh yeah (laughs) you've seen that happen the past couple years where yeah sometimes maybe people outside the office are shocked by some of the lopsided scores and maybe inside here we're kind of like that looks about right yeah they just you know teams don't always get better um they just get more wins so exactly it's a great way of putting it and i'll tell you how stack the league schedule is this week we're talking about this game third mckinley at hoover that's a great game yeah and and uh you know certainly hoover you know they they stubbed their toe against lewisville a couple weeks ago and some of that was just because lewisville tried 50 trick things and they all worked um i think we've all been looking forward to this game and you know it could very well decide the federal league um in week five and, and certainly the second week for of, of league play um you know, two really dynamic offenses, Lemire Garrett and Elijah Wesley have been like just powerhouse, you know, running the ball for McKinley, you know, Connor Ashby, we've talked about a million times for Hoover and that dynamic offense they have. So um, I know the two McKinley games I covered this year, one ended at 9.58 and one at 10.02. And I think there's a chance that, that this week's game could pass both those games. So uh, that, I was gonna, I was about to ask you that. Was, do we settle in for a long winter's nap before we get this one in? Or how's that going to work? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, you know, I'm at Lake last week. And they're, you know, I think they're the only team that still has their quarterback run to the sideline to get to play. And they're snapping it with, like, two seconds left in the clock and and then Louisville is the other the opposite they're you know hurrying up and everything but you know Lake and Perry they like to make that game shrink but I think you know teams like Hoover and McKinley they just they want as many snaps as they can get and they they get out there and get at it I guess from a reporter's standpoint, we can say God bless those teams that make the clock shrink when you're on a deadline. Yeah, and you know it. it uh, it's very tactical. You know, Lake and Perry do not feel like you know it's to their advantage to to play 90 plays on offense. You know, so. Um. Well, uh, some coaches have the philosophy: the more times you snap it, the more things could go wrong. Right, I've heard that before. And we're looking at the final game in the Federal League, Joe. Uh, Glen Oak at Green. This uh, this should be a decent game. Both teams uh, off to a little bit of a tough start. But uh, this one is one I think both of them would like to have. Yeah, I think, you know, you mentioned just, you know, this is the fourth 
best game in the league, but it's it stands to be a fun one because I think both teams know they're not they're they're not federal league championship you know caliber teams, but this is a game we can win, and they're both coming off rough losses. So, you know, sometimes when you're not that good, um, you know, oh shoot, I can't I, I can't hang with McKinley, I can't hang with Hoover, but I can hang with this team. And uh, you know, Green won this game by quite a bit last year. Um, you, you know, so that's probably in the back of their minds that that hey, you know, we've been struggling, but you know, this is a this is a game we did well in last year. So we'll see how Glen Oak responds because um, you, you know they I thought they played pretty well in Week One, but they just haven't really um, they haven't really put it together you know in a game since then. This There's year. been some tough games on that schedule. Maslin's a, a tough draw. Yeah, it's sometimes it's just you know your schedule. <laughs> You know, is is good for a a decent to good Glen Oak team, but when you're you're trying to build that program back up, you know, you can get a little beaten down. I yeah, think. it's kind of put together years in advance, and sometimes it's hard to have a crystal ball and say yeah. we're going to be at this level at this time. So, definitely one worth keeping an eye on. I think it's going to be uh, pretty entertaining. Yeah, it's it's a good week in the federal league, and 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 uh, we'll find out a lot about certain teams. I think after this week. All right, we'll move on to the the rest of the games. But first, the Friday Night Ohio podcast is powered by Sarda. Sarda, providing over 5,000 rides a day for work. Sarda provides over 2.4 million rides a year. Sarda takes you to work, school, medical appointments, and more. Sarda, where can we take you today? Well, they're taking us to the Eastern Buckeye Conference in my specialty right now. <laughs> uh, best game on the schedule, kind of a, a, a different week this week. So maybe some games that look like mismatches on paper, Joe. I think Alliance and Canfield, both teams at 2-2, two and two, uh, should be a really good game, though. Yeah, it almost kind of feels like they should be in a league together, doesn't it? it you know, does. like yeah. uh, uh, just you know, both of them are on that D two D three border. They both are you know playoff teams probably half the years that they're out there, and and uh, you know obviously Canfield's two and two, but they had a good win over Louisville, and and they've been regional finalists I think the last couple of years. And then Alliance, you know, it's kind of been a weird season where. You know they have a bad loss or two, but you you know you you think you know this this team should should still be considered the the EBC favorite. I don't know what you you're, you're taking that game. In. I think it's them and Marlington neck yeah. and neck. That's going to be a great game at the end of the year. But Brandon Alexander at six foot three, the quarterback, two hundred pounds. He averaged nine yards a carry. Had like one hundred and seventy yards rushing, a couple touchdowns. Also also threw a touchdown. If he gets to the second level, uh, that's that's a big body to ask your defensive backs to try to take down and uh yeah he's, you know, a, he's a great player and it's funny that you know the the ebc now has the same sort of setup that the federal league does where every week there's there's that non-league game and sure and this is a good one i mean i think so and like you said canfield kind of mirrors alliance a little bit where they have a, a good win against Louisville, and uh, they're coming off a tough loss notre dame cathedral latin a perennial playoff team so there's no real shame in this alliance had a similar situation Situation with Chardon two weeks ago. Uh, Campfield got shut out 35-0. So it's going to be one where they're going to be looking to get on track. And Alliance, is you, they've moved up to Division Two and into that just ridiculous region with Maslin, Hoban, Perry, all those teams. If they want to stay in the hunt, they they probably got to have this one. Yeah, because you're just, you know, you're not going to get as many points as some of those other teams in, in you know, Region 5 that are playing more of the D2, D1, you know, schedules. So, yeah, like you said, it's a big one for the aviators. 
And then moving on, we have Salem, the undefeated team in the Eastern Buckeye Conference. They've got a record of 4-0. They survived Carrollton last week. They actually needed a final drive touchdown to come back. They let the Warriors score more points in that game than they have all year. Uh, they've got Canton South this week, and if they have a performance like that against Canton South, I think the Wildcats might be able to come out with the win, Joe. Yeah, I, I you know I I think a lot of us maybe underestimated Canton South, um, but you know I thought maybe that Minerva would get them, and you know they've proven to be a, a solid team. I would think this be certainly a team that can. can I challenge. don't think anyone gets more out of his players than Greg Reed. To be quite honest, I think he is doing one of the best yeah. coaching jobs in the area very quietly. Because when you look up and down his roster, the limited numbers, there's never very many upperclassmen and he somehow finds a way to win a yeah few and, and, games. and a couple of years ago he you know when before a couple of key guys got hurt he he had that team you know they were like, on the verge of the playoffs yeah. and needed one win over the last couple and couldn't quite get there but but i think if they stay healthy that year then, then they probably are in yeah, yeah. Uh, injury it's weird injuries always seem to be a thing for them it's, well, it's yeah. strange how that works and if you have 20 players well that, i mean you, it's you're starting <laughs> freshmen and sophomores is what happens yeah and he's told me about the challenges of that so that's that's going to be a game i wouldn't count canton south out of that i think that's going to be closer than some people may think on mm-hmm. paper uh you mentioned minerva i don't know that they're out of this one west branch is off to a very slow start by their standards oh and four they lost 28 10 to alliance last week offense has kind of struggled all year minerva has been able to move the ball they led canton south 14 7 in the first half they still had over 200 yards rushing as a team they've got chance martineau garrison mark and steven place they can move the ball on the ground and west branch they've been relying on quarterback brock hillier to kind to do everything for them so i think that might be an interesting game to watch i'm not saying minerva's gonna break the streak this week i'm saying though it, it bears watching because i think that might be closer than you might think yeah and you never, you always wonder about the psychology of an 0 and 4 team because um you know a linebacker maybe doesn't slam himself up into the hole at feel full speed when they're 0 and 4 but he might do it at 3 and 1 or 4 and 0 so um, yeah, it'd, it'd be interesting to see just because West Branch is not used to being in this position. Oh, absolutely. That's usually a team that's in the conversation for, you know, the EBC title. And even back to the NBC, they had a lot of really good seasons. Not been the cases of late, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I, I still in my head think of them in the, you know, the way that they were in the 90s. In oh, the yeah, so do and, I. You know, just like, being from the area, you think of them as perennial state power. And yeah, it's just not, it hasn't been that case lately, but you, you certainly don't expect them to be 0-4. No. And then the final game, Marlington opens EBC play. They got a big win over Miami Trace and non-league play last week against... uh and this week they're traveling to Carrollton. Long drive for everybody. <laughs> uh, Carrollton, like I said, put up more points last week than they have all season. Got the ground game going. But Marlington's a tough draw for them. I think it's going to probably come down to them in alliance. Uh, C.J. Griner tied the school record last week with five total touchdowns.
touchdown passes. I love the weapons he has there with Ryan Cooley. Anthony Sabatino was over 100 yards rushing again. They're very balanced, and they play decent defense. Yeah, and so you wonder, okay, did Carrollton just kind of get on track offensively last week? Because they've been good defensively for years, but or if it was just you know that one game kind of aberration. So Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, that's, that's something to keep an eye on because – some of those games I thought Carrollton would score a little more earlier in the season. I don't know if Salem had a down week or mm-hmm. uh, Carrollton starting to put it together. So, yeah, that's you, you reach the midway point. Strange things can happen. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, hey, it's only been one week for, for the ABC. So a lot well, of football to play. A lot of football left. And we're going to move on to some of the other big games in the area in just a moment. First, the Goodwill Drive to Victory returns this week for the McKinley at Hoover game. Donate clothes and housewares at the school's donation trailer. Donations will be sold in local Goodwill stores and support employment programs for people in our community with disabilities or other barriers to employment. Donate stuff, help your school, and help our community. That is the Goodwill Drive to Victory. Now, Joe, just taking a look at some of the other big games in the area. The schedule, uh, a little, like I said, we're in kind of a strange spot this week, but we have Central Catholic at New Philadelphia, which I think is going to be a a decent game. The Crusaders coming off the big rivalry win over Aquinas, and New Philadelphia went to Steubenville and came out with a win. Yeah, this is a good new Philadelphia team. And, and so when we complain about their non-league schedule, sometimes it's because they have years like this where you say, hey, um, you know, put a couple of federal league teams on the, the schedule because you probably they were probably successful down in the lower levels you know, going up. But uh, before we, we talk a little more of this game, we, we will say all the Maslin fans uh, – Spoiler alert, we will not be talking about Maslin Firestone this week. So I saw that one and I kind of checked it off. Those are, those are the, a lot of games like that this week where you kind of look at it and say this might be yeah. a little lopsided. It's one of those games where if you have not lettered yet this year for Maslin, um, you've got a shot. You've got a shot. But yeah, Central Catholic, big win over, um, over Aquinas. And, and again, we talk about it all the time, but. Uh, is their schedule too good for them to to make you know get into that that division five playoffs goes back to that conversation we just had about they should probably get some points for challenging themselves yeah you know i i I remember back in the early 2000s tom mcdaniels was a huge proponent of, of revamping the system so that people would get rewarded just for playing up and you know it, it never got any traction um just because it's hard to get 700 schools to agree anything. Absolutely. But um, he always felt like, hey, I scheduled Ignatius. I lost, but, you know, I got better. And yet I'm going to get stay out of the playoffs because I scheduled this team. So to me, there's logic in that. Um, It doesn't help Central Catholic this week, but, uh, you know, it's. It's a great program, and you know they could pull off the upset. But this, this on paper looks like a pretty tough New Philly team. Beating Steubenville is, is always something that kind of raises your eyebrows. The quarterback for New Philadelphia, Baron May, is really, really good. Yeah, I think he's a Division One recruit, and I think that's a, a legitimate Quaker team down there. Yeah. So. One to keep an eye on. Another one, we've got Orville at Northwest, a really big Pac-7 game. 
Uh, both teams undefeated coming into this, Joe. Looks like uh, the potential for a great game. Of course, you got Markel Parks for Orville. Last year, he really got the Northwest, put up a school record 330 yards rushing. Um, I, I talked to Coach Harbor over at Northwest this week, and he said the key with him, he says there's no way to stop him. He said he's, he's going to get loose. He said you have to get multiple people to him because he's probably making the first guy miss yeah which is an interesting observation where you have to kind of build your thing on getting like two to three guys on him to, to slow him down and that the funny thing is like he'll just stop and wait if you, people watch him like he's so fast that he oh, doesn't need incredible. to be fast all the time he can just stop and wait for guys to over pursue or shift and then go so that's why you need three or four because you need to kind of almost create like a little bubble around him oh, so that exactly you know he doesn't have any running angles so it's got to be maddening to play against so it's like the human video game it's like they're just oh let me just flick the juke stick and and i'm gonna take off for 80 yards anybody who's tried to to cover someone innately quicker and faster than you at any sport knows how helpless that feeling is if you don't have some help so um they yeah. put me briefly at defensive back, Joe, and that was the situation for me every down when I was in ninth grade. It's like everyone was faster. Everyone yeah. did those little ju- – it's like I needed to be at linebacker where they kind of had to go between the tackles and I could get my hands on them. Yeah. Then I was okay. But, but you're right. That one-on-one stuff, forget that. No. Bigger and stronger, if you're facing that, if you play with with attitude and effort, it will you know you'll you'll win some battles but <laughs> sometimes just quicker is not a good matchup it is not i was gonna <laughs> say sometimes people are just innately more gifted than you are and it will show up very quickly but this northwest team is is capable of challenging orville that was not the case last week so that's what makes this kind of a special game they're they're you know they're they're built to this point to be able to compete and i talked about the offense the the statistics have maybe not been impressive and one thing we were talking about it's because because their special teams and defense has been so good. The special teams has been, oh, yeah. you know, gotten them multiple touchdowns. The defense, he said the starters, they're, they're giving up an average of 10 points a game. But he said a lot of those that come against the backups, he estimates only about one or two touchdowns against the starting defense this year. And they can still run the ball really well. I think this is going to be a really good game. Yeah, and I think we all kind of think of Northwest uh, kind of like West Branch. It was just this is just a blip. But, you know, we remember it wasn't that long ago that they were, you know, a, you know, in the Northeastern Buckeye Conference power and a, a perennial playoff team. And they're trying to get back to that point. But um, this is probably the first team they've had in, in a number of years that that really can make a, you know, some noise. And then we look also inside the Pac-7. Tuslot Manchester should be a, a decent matchup there as far as running games go. Uh, Briar Marthy and Tuslaw and Ethan Wright and Manchester. There's probably going to be some points on the board in this one. Yeah, like the, a lot of Pac-7 schools, you know, they, they have that headliner and, and, you know, just another, you know, good game and and uh, we, we don't know, you know, we, we assume that Orville is probably going to, you know, emerge, but um, just, you know, a lot of good teams. This is another good matchup. And like you said, you know, Ethan Wright had a, a rough start probably just because he's playing quarterback. He's playing out of position. But, you know. Last two weeks, though, he's starting he's to get He's starting back. to get back. And, yeah. you know, Jim France, that happens. Look at this. Sometimes he's had a lot of teams that have gone, you know, you know, okay records for three or four games. And then all of a sudden they win their last five or six. And, and so he always figures it out. 
Yeah, you don't get to be a coach with that many wins if you can't think on the fly. He has 12,000 wins. So uh, we're looking it up right here. So It's uh, 13,507, something like that. It's a lot. It's a lot. And uh, he How many wins do. does he have? A lot. It's a famous rap song that's going around right now. Says. And we'll, we'll wrap it up. Uh, Rootstown at Aquinas. Aquinas looking to get back on track after the uh, tough loss to Central Catholic. Catholic last week this should be a good chance for them to do so although Rootstown I, they, they've uh, they've won like 50 of their last 40 regular season games I think they, you know they, it's one of those those uh, teams that you're like wait Rootstown is this good and you like they look are, at the last though, game. <laughs> exactly it's a chance to get on track I didn't say guarantee <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean they they uh, they've been tough I think they took it to East Canton earlier this a they couple did. weeks ago so they uh, did uh, so that that's another really good game though, you, you, it's Portage County you always just be like okay Mogador and Aurora and then like everybody else is just just like, kind of blurs together yeah, but no, they've they've uh, they've not just been good this year, but it's been a few years now. So uh, that's that's a tough game, but you know Aquinas is more talented than they've been, and, and certainly they had another game or another extra day to, to prepare because that Thursday night uh, loss to to Central. And we'd like to remind you that the Akron Children's Hospital Friday Night Ohio.com game of the week continues in week five with Jackson at Lake, where Joe is. So you're going to have the radio crew with you. The live stream broadcast in partnership with iHeartRadio will be on Friday Night Ohio.com and the Friday Night Ohio app. Kickoff is at 7 p.m. I would like to say I, I sat next to them last week and I ended up quoting something Jeff Shreve said on the air. So not only am I sitting next to them, but I'm letting them do my job for me. So great job, guys. Yeah, that's always a great thing to have. I'll take Sam Burke one next to me in the booth uh, anytime. Sam's a good dude and it's just a good crew and, and uh, likes a good press box. So I'm happy to be getting back. Absolutely. And just taking a look around, Joe, I think we've covered everything we can possibly cover this week. Unless you want to get we, it. Yeah, we like 25 minutes long for this podcast uh, i think we are i think we've extended this we've extended the play we're we're running the mckinley hoover game right now we're just throwing it all over the place all right so the next 10 minutes we'll break down uh maslin firestone i was gonna say we might as well we might as well how many touchdowns is aiden longwell gonna get this week how high is that record gonna go before the end of the season this is uh, what happens when you're good and independent. You end up trying to just get a home game or you know play sure. somebody, and and uh, so it's just let's get this over part of with. the process. Yeah, so <laughs> it's kind of an exhibition bye week kind of for Maslin, but um, yeah, uh, you know that that can help. They're gonna probably looking to play 14, 15 games this year, so uh, people that are are going to see Maslin will get their money's worth. Well, that's going to do it for this week. I think you guys got your money's worth on this one. (laughs) Well, thank you for downloading and listening to the Friday Night Ohio podcast powered by Sarda. Sarda, providing over 5,000 rides a day for work. Sarda provides over 2.4 million rides a year. Sarda takes you to work, school, medical appointments, and more. Sarda, where can we take you today? I think it's going to take Joe and I back to our desks and back to work. This is a podcast from the Canton Repository Sports Department. Look for our next episode late Friday night, early Saturday morning, sometime between 1 a.m. and 2 a.m. For Joe Scalzo and Cliff Hickman, this has been the FridayNightOhio.com podcast. We'll see you after a while.
just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.